Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, good morning, Passion. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to be back. We were gone last week. I'll tell you more about that in a second. It's Pentecost Sunday, by the way. So that, uh, those of you, okay, those of you that know, know, and so that should have impacted your worship this morning. Uh, you know, as a pastor, there are Sundays, I'll just be straight up with you, okay? I'm always pretty honest with y'all, so can I just be even more honest? There are days that, uh, with all the pressures of life and the pressure of pastoring, you just kind of, in your own mind, you start thinking, man, I don't know if I, that, that's too much pressure, I don't know if I want to do that. Uh, and so you take a break, and then you realize how much you miss it. Um, that I, I don't miss the pressure. I miss y'all. Uh, we went to a church on um, Saturday night. They had a sa- Saturday night service, and they run 20,000 on a weekend. Um, and uh, I miss y'all more. <laughs> it was good, but I miss y'all. There's just something when we get together, and I just enjoy being with you guys to worship, and I feel the uh, push to worship, and I'm just excited about that. Um, so if you want to know where we went, uh, we went to Vegas. Um, now, we didn't lose anything in Vegas. We didn't win anything in Vegas, but we didn't, we didn't go for that. There's a church there that we were going to visit, and uh, they do some incredible stuff, and we were doing sermon planning for the next six months, and so we just enjoyed hanging out with, I don't know, 35 pastors and their wives, and it was a good time. But we appreciate that you just keep on coming, and that pastor, I heard Pastor Andrew rock the house, and uh, we're excited about that. So we're talking about cancel culture. Um, if you don't know, if you, I don't know, maybe you've been living under a rock lately. Maybe you took my advice and decided to turn off the news, which I think is probably a good thing. It's been like a week since I watched the news, and I feel better about life. But if you've been watching the news, all you hear all the time is this term, cancel culture. Here's the definition. Cancel culture is a modern form of ostracism in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles They do this sometimes online, through social media, and sometimes in person. Those who are subject to this type of ostracism are are considered or said to have been canceled. You're just canceled. Um, And and so there's this attempt. It was an attempt. It was a good attempt. It was an attempt to use uh, popular communication platforms to call out very real and very dangerous and destructive and sometimes evil behavior. The whole reason that cancel culture came to the forefront was it was to address things like racism or uh, uh, sexual abuse. But there have been moments during this season of cancel culture that cancel culture has gone off the rails. Um, In fact, one man said it like this. He says, it's the digital equivalent of the medieval mob roaming the streets looking for someone to burn. That's a pretty good description. (laughs) That's a pretty flowery description. It makes sense, doesn't it? So what they do is, what they've done is they've they've targeted certain things. Like, y'all know, they targeted Dr. Seuss books. And they've, uh, here's another one that I I wasn't aware of, but because of the tension with the police, they've now canceled the Paw Patrol cartoon. Uh, They've canceled stuff like Mr. Potato Head. 
It's, it's gone off the rails. And because it's gone off the rails, what happens is this. Um, the cancel culture has lost credibility with the average American, for those of us that have any common sense at all, that, that whole movement has lost credibility, right? But this morning what I want you to do is I want to come to you and encourage you that perhaps as a believer, maybe you should entertain cancel culture. Now, don't, don't look at me like that. Some of y'all think I went to Vegas and lost my mind. I had not lost my mind. Just stay with me just a moment. I want you to join me, if you will. I want you to listen carefully. Join me in Numbers chapter 22. Um, we're going to begin reading in verse 1 through verse 5. Then we're going to skip down. It'll all be on the screen for you so you can follow. Numbers chapter 22, beginning in verse 1. Then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab. We talked about Ehud not too long ago. Remember, during Slugfest, that's all about the Moabites. Here we are again. The people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River, across from Jericho. Balak, the son of Zippor, the, Zippor, the Moabite king, had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how, the, how many Israelites there were, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, The mob will devour everything in sight like an ox devours grass in the field. So Balak, the king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balaam, the son of Beor, who was living in the native land of, of Pether near the Euphrates River. Verse 7, Balak's messengers, who were elders of Moab and Midian, set out with money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon Israel. They went to Balaam, and they delivered Balak's message to him. Verse 20, that night God came to Balaam and told him, Since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. Verse 36 through 38. When King Balak heard that Balaam was on the way, he went out to meet him at a Moabite, a Moabite town on Amnon River at the furthest border of his land. Didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam, didn't you believe me when I said I would reward you richly? Balaam replied, look, now I have come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. One version right there says this, I can't go beyond the word of God. Chapter 23, beginning in verse 3. Then Balaam said to Balak, stand here by your burnt offerings and I will go to see if the Lord will respond to me. Then I will tell you whatever he reveals to me. So Balaam went alone to the top of a bare hill and God met him there. And Balaam said to him, I have prepared seven altars and have sacrificed a young bull and a ram on each altar. And the Lord gave Balaam a message for King Balak. Then he said, go back to Balak and give him my message. So Balaam returned and found the king standing beside his burnt offerings and all the officials of Moab. This was the message Balaam delivered. Balak summoned me to come from Aram. The king of Moab brought me from the eastern hills. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come and announce Israel's doom. But how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I condemn those whom the Lord has not condemned? 
Then King Balak demanded of Balaam, what have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, and instead you have blessed them. Dog, mic drop, I'm done, let's go home. All right, I can get happy right there. But you got to get see, you got to get what's going on here. Here's what's happening. Balak, the king of Moab, is so frightened by the reports of what Israel has already done to the Ammonites. He looks out through his castle window. I don't know. He gets on his periscope. I don't know. All I know is that he hears that the children of Israel are now coming for him. And he gets so terrified that he begins to come up with this plan. He, he looks around and goes, they're going to devour us like they've devoured everything else. So what am I going to do? He decides that what he needs to do is he needs to hire this guy named Balaam. Balaam, uh, bring him in to pronounce a curse on the children of Israel. This is not uncommon, by the way. You need to understand that in that day, uh, the kings of uh, the ancient east would hire prophets to come and pronounce curses on their enemies before they went to battle so that they could go into battle believing that they were ensured of victory. So here we are. Balaam, check this out, was apparently known as a famous seer or a prophet. In other words, Balaam was a hired gun. He, he is a soothsayer. He is a prophetic voice for hire. He would work with any God or communicate with any God for a price. He was not a believer. He is not one of the children of the tribes of Israel. He is not in, relation with, in relationship with the one true God. He will work with any God. You got the picture? He, he is willing to, uh, he, 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 he's a pagan. He's a, ma a magician, if you will. He sets out on this journey to earn his reward. He will literally offer a curse for coins. Okay, you got the picture? So Balaam gets to the hilltop, and he looks out over the, the sea of the children of Israel, all these thousands upon thousands of warriors and soldiers, and, 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 and he's ready, they're ready for war, and Balak is standing next to him, and, and, and Balak says, I demand, I've, I'm, I'm ready to pay your price, I've got the coins in the purse, I've got the reward, I've got the new Cadillac, I've got the new uh, penthouse apartment prepared for you, I've got everything you've asked for, I need you to curse the children of Israel. That scene happens three different times. On three different occasions, Balaam joins Balak overlooking the children of Israel. And each time, he is asked to pronounce a curse. But I want you to notice what happens. Instead, Balaam provides an incredible and pro pronounces an incredible blessing over Israel. And then if you continue to read the story, I didn't even read this part. Ultimately, he flips the script. And instead of blessing Balak and cursing Israel. He curses Balak and blesses Israel. He reverses the curse. Are y'all still here? Okay. I need you to get this scene in your head. Balaam was on an assignment to curse but blesses. Balaam was on an assignment to pronounce destruction but instead he pronounces divine favor. 
Balaam was on an an assignment to speak words of death, but instead he speaks words of life. Balaam was uh, was on the scene assigned to usher in defeat, but instead he ushers in victory. I, I just stopped by, I came back from Vegas, just, just stopped by to, to just encourage you this morning that we need to get involved in the cancel culture. I, I just came by to tell you that there have been words of cursing pronounced over you and your children. I, I just need to remind you that there have been moments of destruction designed for your life. I need to tell you that there have been declarations of death prepared for your dream. However, I just need some people in passion to get on board with some cancel culture and stand up and recognize that you need to rise up and cancel those words, those plans, those schemes, those assignments. Somebody at passion needs to get enough spiritual oomph in their life to reverse the curse that has been pronounced over you and yours. See, I, I need you to understand something. I need you to understand. This shouldn't be a newsflash to you. You should already recognize this. You should already understand this. You should already have comprehension of this. You should have intimate knowledge of about what I'm about to say. But I just need to challenge and remind you this morning. I need you to understand that God has determined to bless you. So therefore, you must become determined to be blessed. I just need to tell you this morning, God so desires to bless you that he will even use those that are determined to curse you to bless you. Yeah, yeah. He can cause those who have been planning your destruction to set you up for victory. Come on, somebody, get in on this a little bit. Understand that this is the promise of God for your life. I need you to understand that he, he can use those who are aligning themselves right now. I, I, I know that you think everybody loves you. I think you know that everybody's your fan. I think every, you think everybody's in your group. They're your little groupie. They're rooting for you. They're cheering for you. When you walk out of the room... You think they're still in the room going, they can do it, they can do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the truth is that there are some people in your life, and some of them even unbeknownst to you, that are aligning themselves right now to cause you pain. But instead, that whether they want to or not, God can even use them to usher in a season of favor on your life because God has this determination to bless you. God wants to bless you. I'm going to say that again. God wants to bless you. But not only does he have the desire, he has the ability. He is determined. He has the resources necessary. He's not short short of anything this morning. His right arm is not short. He has not only the desire, he has the ability to bless you. He wants, he desires, he's positioned to bless you. See, see, you need to believe that. I, I still don't know if you believe it. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, he wants to bless me. Come on, tell, tell. See, even the way you say it, you're like, yeah, he wants to bless me. No, God wants to bless me. How many of you have dreams and desires? Anybody? Can I tell you God's dream and desire? Can I just let you in on the secret? He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. Yeah, I got one person excited about the fact that God wants, the God of the universe, the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the God who paves his streets with gold, 
wants to bless you. See, if, see if we, if, as soon as you embrace that fact, if I could ever get you to embrace that fact, if I could ever get you to really believe that, then can I tell you that your, your perspective of pain and your perspective of turmoil and your, 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 your perspective on setbacks would change? Say, now nah, you don't like it so much. Because I thought God wanted to bless me, but you don't know my life. My life is, is filled with turmoil. I'm dealing with pain. I'm dealing with setbacks. I've got trouble on every side. I thought you said God wanted to bless me. But if you understand that God wants to bless you, you would have a different perspective on what's going on in your life right now. In fact, you would begin to realize what Paul realized and declared in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, when he said, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. I may be in pain right now, but I know it will produce promise in my life. I may be in trouble right now, but I know that it's going to produce trust in the future. I, I, I may be suffering right now, but I know that because God is so determined to bless me and that my suffering will simply set me up for a greater season. I, my perspective changes about what's going on in my life because I've come to an understanding that God dreams about, daydreams about, thinks about, works on it all the time. He's consumed by this fact. He wants to bless me. The, the thing working against me may actually be working for me. Yeah, the, the, the person who thinks they're on an assignment to devastate me may just end up being on an assignment to bless me instead because God has this ability to reverse the curse. So I can say like Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. My perspective changes. I can't sit around and be doom and gloom. I can't sit around and think every, the whole world's against me and nobody likes me. And if, I, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. No, 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 no. you got to understand. I've got, I've got this understanding down inside of me. God is determined. His mind is made up. He, ne he never changes his mind. So his mind has been made up that he wants to bless me. So if we know that God is determined to bless us, then we must, be de we must become determined to be blessed. Well, how do you do that? It, okay, I'm convinced. You convince me, Steve. God wants to bless little old me. Now you're telling me I need to be determined to be blessed. But how in the world do I do that? How do I pull that off? How do, I, how do I get that to happen in my life? I, it's not enough just for God to be determined to bless me. How do, how do I participate in this? Are you all ready for this? Here it is. We must learn to only say what God says. Let me just give you a little reminder. The Bible declares that there is the power of life and death in our tongue. So in other words... I, I just need to come, I just came by, some of y'all ain't gonna like me much right now, but some of y'all, some of y'all right now are participating in your own destruction by repeating what the doctor has been saying about you. 
So, so, some, some of you are, are participating in your destruction because you, you are agreeing and repeating what the counselor says about you. Some of you are participating in, in your own destruction because you continue to repeat what your ex-spouse says about you. But, but I just came to just try to get you to participate in cancel culture and make up your mind that if God wants to bless me, then I'm going to participate in the blessing. And so I'm going to cancel those words out of my life. And every time I repeat what somebody else says, I am, in, in essence, canceling what God says about me. So therefore, I am no longer going to say what they say about me. I'm going to learn the lesson and say only what God says about me. See, see, if we could ever learn this, we would recognize that, that, that as we begin to repeat what God says about us, that we are agreeing with the blessing. Everybody else can be cursing us. Everybody around us can be cursing us. Our boss can curse us. Our employer can curse us. Our kids can curse us. Our counselors can curse us. Our doctors can curse, can, can, can curse us. But, 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 but if I could ever just learn to agree with what God says about me, I'm reversing the curse. I just want to challenge some of you. You only need to say what God is saying about your kids. Some of you only need to say what God is saying about your business. You only need to say about, about your finances what God is saying about your finances. You only need to say about your marriage what God is saying about your marriage. You only need to say what God is saying about your body. You only need to say about, about, about your dreams what God is saying about your dreams. You only need to say about your future what God says about your future. As we agree with God, we agree and we participate in our blessings. And if you don't know what God says about your stuff, why don't you take time this morning and find somebody in the room that knows enough about God's word that they can inform you what God is saying about you. That's how we participate. That's Some of us continue to spew the curses that we're hearing placed on us rather than saying the, the blessings that God has pronounced over us. See, we, we, we need to develop a cancel culture. We cancel every word that has been placed on assignment by the enemy of our life by instead repeating only what God says. Why would you want to agree with your enemy anyway? The Bible declares in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Are you then surprised that every person he sends into your life on assignment? Are you then surprised that every media channel? Are you then surprised that on your Facebook post, uh, your, your news, whatever they timeline, are, are, are you then surprised that now curses continue to come? Why would you think any differently? That's his assignment, that's his desire. That's what he wants to do. But that is not, our, our responsibility is not to em, embrace what they say. We are called. We, if we are going to be blessed, then we must come to this place in our own life where we cancel every word. Okay, so, I, so, so let me prove it to you in Scripture. I need you to turn in your Bibles. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to pull this up. I don't even think it's going to be on the screen because I want you to read it for yourself. Get your phone out, iPad out. The, the, the actual bound one, you know, those things they call books. Get that out. And I need you to turn to Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. Okay, now, so let me just warn you, Pentecostals love this passage of Scripture, the first part. Oh, they love it all, we just don't read the second part. 
because we don't we 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 think that the first part contains the most powerful part and maybe it does but it's not the only part maybe we've underestimated what this part means maybe we've underestimated the value of this part of the passage I'm going to read it all to you so you can get your Pentecostal hoopies and whatever you do uh, get all excited, but I want you to listen carefully to the second part. I'm going to read to you out of the two versions because I want this to get down into your spirit. I want you to understand just how determined God is to bless you. Listen to what it says. But no weapon. So you already know it. Y'all already caught it. Woohoo! No, if you're like me, I'm okay, I'm old school. One of my favorite Fred Hammond songs is just this passage over and over. Oh, if y'all haven't listened to that, y'all need to go listen to No Weapon by Fred Hammond. It will bless you. If I could, ooh, I'm about to bust it out and I can't even carry a tune in a bucket. I want to sing some No Weapon all day long. Just put it on repeat. No weapon that is formed against you, see, see, shall prosper. Why is it that we only quote that part? Listen to what he continues. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment. You shall show to be in the wrong. I can't get no help. We like the no weapon part. Let me just go back to the no weapon part because that, that gets you all praise on. Come on, listen to see what he just said. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall show to be in the wrong. Listen to what he, come on now. How determined is God to bless you? Listen to what he says. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me, says the Lord. Okay, i got to help you. i got to help you. People, here, 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 number, people will make weapons to fight against you, but their weapons will not defeat you. Some people will say things against you. Anybody ever had anything, anybody say something against you? Oh, they're not smart enough. They're not strong enough. They're not gifted enough. They're not pretty enough. They're not open. What? They're not tall enough. They're, 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 not, they're not GQ enough. They're, 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 they're not. What have they said against he says, he says, he says, but in, some people will say things against you, but anyone who speaks against you will be proved wrong. The Lord says, this is what my servants get. That's how they term. They get good things that come from me, their Lord. Every tongue that rises against you, in other words, every assigned word, every assigned word of destruction has been canceled in your life. Are you, come on, I got to ask you, are you a servant of the Lord? I didn't ask you if you were a preacher. I didn't ask you if you were a worship leader. I didn't ask you if you were a deacon or an elder. I didn't ask you if you were a prophet. I didn't ask you if you were an apostle. I didn't say, hey, are you a missionary? I didn't say any of that stuff. I simply said, are you a servant of the Lord? And if the answer is a yes, then can I tell you this morning that you have an inheritance you have an inheritance you have an inheritance and here it is here it is here's your inheritance here's what he's been laying up for you he will cancel every assigned word of destruction over your life so let me help you some of you have had words of death spoken of over you they will always be sent 
they will always be lonely. They will always be less than. They will always be like their parents. They will always, they will always be broken. They will always be damaged goods. But I got good news for you this morning. God says, wait a minute. You don't know. I got an inheritance, a heritage laid up for them, and they're my servant. And so every time somebody says what they will always be, I get in the mix. And even though they were a paid assassin, even though they were a hired gun, even though they were, I'll curse them for coins, I will step into the mix. And instead, I will remind them that healing is our inheritance. I will remind them that, 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 that I will never forsake them. I will never leave them alone. I will never let those that I call righteous beg for bread. I will, I will always be closer to those that are crushed in spirit and broken in their heart. I have an inheritance for them. See, I think maybe, I think just maybe, just maybe, and then I'm going to get out of your way. I just think maybe, 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 just maybe, that the pagan by the name of Balaam understood a truth better than maybe we understand a truth when he said, I cannot go beyond the Word of God. Balaam understood that the Word of God is literally a boundary around people's life. I can't get no help. I, I just know that God's Word sets up walls of protection around me. So now when the enemy comes and tries to sneak in and curse me and hurt me and doom me and destroy me and impact my life, the Word of God sets itself up like guardrails around my life. And all of a sudden, he steps in and tries to curse. And God reverses the curse. And instead of cursing me, he literally has to bless me. Can't touch him. Can't touch this. I, I'm about to break out some moves right now. Can't touch this. I just hear the enemy going, why can't I touch this? I don't understand. Satan, you're canceled. Anything that goes beyond the word of God on my life is canceled. Oh, I listened to this. Y'all y'all not old enough. I, I had to text Tari. He'll be here second service. We grew up on this rap group called ETW out of Tulsa, End Time Warriors. They were on this gospel rap group, and they had this song called Satan, You're Canceled. I almost had to memorize it today so I could do it for you. Satan, You're Canceled. I want you to just come on. Would you just look down? Because he's not up. Would you look down? I would. Satan, You're Canceled. The word that you spoke of my life. Satan, You're Canceled. You're canceled. You're canceled. You're canceled. Every word, every assignment, the Word of God surrounds my life to the degree that I will agree with what God says about me every time. Some of y'all need to get in your Bible again and remind yourself what God has said about you. Some of you need to get the dust it off, wipe it off, open it back up, and figure out what God is saying about you. So we're going to practice. We're going to practice cancel culture today. Here we go. Get your paper out. There was a sheet of paper on your seat. Get it. Get a, get a, get a pen. Get a pen. Get a pen. Get a pen. Quick, 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 quick. Here's your assignment. The worship team's going to sing here in a moment. And as they sing, here's your assignment. Come on. This is, we're not, we're not playing this morning. I'm not playing this morning. This is warfare. We've been, we came out of slugfest. 
We're just continuing to learn how to fight. This is warfare right here. Are you ready? Get your paper. Get your pen. I want you to write. Nobody else can see it. This is between you and you. Come on, some of y'all need to talk to yourself sometimes. Come on, say, self, I'm talking to you, all right? This is between you and you. What has the enemy said about you? Come on, he say, he talks to you all the time. Don't, don't look up, but I know y'all. Come on now, I know y'all, because y'all know me. He talks to you all the time. Because it could be fear. It could be insufficient. It could be not enough. It could be broken. It could be damaged. It could be stressed. It could be broke. It could be what, what, sick. What is it? What has the enemy said over you? Come on. Think about it. Write that word down. Come on. Write it down. One word. Just one word. We're, we're just dealing with one today because some of y'all got more than one. But just one. The main one. Come on. Get to the main one. Get to the main one. Write it down. Oh, I need a pen. I can't, I can't let y'all in on this and me not get mine. Well, that ain't a pen. Somebody throw a pen at me. I should have signed up for softball. Did y'all see that? Pop that. All right, write yours down. Got it? Have you got it? Has everybody got it? This is warfare right now. You got it? Come on, if you got it, say, I got it. I'm just waiting. I want to make sure everybody. Now, y'all seen this. Y'all know what that, can y'all even see that? Y'all know what that is? That's the circle with the line drawn to it. All right, get your words. Here we go. Cancel it. Come on, right now. Circle it and draw your line through it. Come on. Satan, you're canceled. Satan, you're canceled. Satan, I cancel that assignment on my life. I will not participate in this belief anymore. I will not participate and agree with this anymore. That's not a who I am. That's not God. That's not what God says about me. Got it? Got it canceled? Stand to your feet right now. Take your paper. Get your paper. Get your hands up in the air. And as they sing, I want you to take this and crumple it up. And I want you to bring it to this altar and I want you to deposit right here. Just throw it. Say, that's it. It's over. That's not me. That's not who I am. Come on, would you participate in canceling this this morning? Come on. Come on, take him at his word. What he's saying?
Oh, now I want you to think right now about the word that you wrote down. And I want you to hear what's happening, and not, not over this microphone. I want you to hear what's happening in the supernatural right now. I want you to hear what God's saying. He's saying the exact opposite of what you wrote down on this paper. So if, if you wrote down, I'm broken, what he's saying over you is they're whole. If, if, if you wrote down, I'm not enough, he's saying they're more than enough. If, you're, if you wrote down, I'm damaged, he goes, oh, no, they're perfect in every way. If you wrote down fear, he's going, no, I, I've got perfect love, casts out all fear, they're going to feel love. If he said in turmoil, no, he's got peace over you. Listen to what God is saying over you right now. Father, I pray. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.